Children, children, gather round, please. Please join me near the fire. Good, good, take a seat. Oh, uh, hey, sweetie. Can you go grab me my medicine? Yeah, yeah, the one in the hollow Bible. Oh, thank you, darling. Uh, oh, oh, and be careful. Don't let the shadow man snatch you up. You kids have never heard of the legend of the shadow man? The monster that hides in the shadows of your closet or waits under your bed? Ah, oh, kids these days. See, back in my day, we had a few kids go missing. It's always the same thing. Parents would put the kids to bed, and in the morning, they'd be gone. Like they vanished in thin air. The only evidence they would find would be the kid's stuffed animal, left on the floor or on the bed. Eventually, the police said it was some creep that lived in a van down by the river. For a while, we believed it. He was sent to jail, and those kids kept on disappearing. Some of the families thought our little town was cursed. So they got up and left. But the shadow man doesn't care where you live. Once he's picked you, nothing will stop him. Old Beatrice was one of the lucky ones. I only saw the shadow man once when I was staying at a friend's house. Her family got spooked by all the disappearing kids and eventually they decided to pack up and leave too. And that was the last time I ever saw her. But I heard a few tales and whispers about what happened to my old friend. I still get the goosebumps and chilly willies thinking about it. But see how we're by the fire? What the hell? Let me tell you the story of Little Holly. My father kissed me goodnight and made his way to the door, pausing when he saw me squeeze my bunny. A small, tired, warm grin stretched his lips upward as he assured, there's nothing to be afraid of. Here, I'll show you. As promised, he made his way to the closet door and swung it open to reveal nothing. Simply nothing out of the ordinary. My neatly sorted clothes and shoes stared back at me, normal and unassuming. Nothing. My father's gentle words echoed as he made his way out of the room and turned on my canine nightlight, making sure to leave a small crack of the door open so just a fragment of the pale yellow light spilled from the hallway. This was the nightly routine for my dad and I. He would check for monsters, and I would still create a fortress around me once he left. My bed was pushed up against the corner of my room, and every night I would line the walls with pillows and some trusty stuffed animals, like Elliot the dragon, Fuzzy the bear, and Foster the rabbit. I entrusted these three to protect me from anything that lurked deep in the shadows of my room, lingering in the crevices of the underside of my bed. But this wasn't my only line of defense. In front of me, I would place a huge body pillow that would sit between me and the rest of the room. I then lined that pillow with another small army of a few more stuffed animals. The frontline protectors, as I like to call them. George the monkey, Lily the frog, and Jacks the snake. Lastly, my bunny, Raggedy, was the leader of my valiant knights, so I always made certain to hold him close. I wholeheartedly trusted these little stuffed toys to protect me from anything. 
I knew deep down this was a pretty silly notion, but the thing was, I didn't always believe that. It all changed when we moved into that new house. When I was around seven, my dad got a new job in Chicago, so we moved to a south suburb near the city. The house was gorgeous. It was an old red brick two-story house with a long front porch. My room was on the second floor near the front of the home. It was a large room with high slanted ceilings, large windows, and a small walk-in closet. My bed was opposite to the closet, which gave me a clear view of it every night. The first few months of sleeping in the house were normal, but one day after school, I entered my room and it felt different. Something just felt undeniably off. Something was just wrong. The air was thick, stagnant, and it had an odor to it like rotten eggs. An overwhelming feeling of complete dread filled my entire body and I knew instantly that I was not welcome in my own room. Carefully, I set my bag down on my desk near the closet and sat on my bed in an attempt to get my bearings and sort through these new, terrifying, albeit unwarranted, emotions. My gaze stretched across the room, scanning the area for something out of place, a source of my room's sudden shift of energy, until they fell on one particular thing. I swore I closed the closet before I left that morning, but there it was, a jar. Faint whispers began to slither out of the dark, empty space between the crack of the door and its frame. I couldn't make out what was being said, but I knew something was hiding in the abyss of the closet, whispering to me. The overwhelming feeling of dread from before became like pulsing static under my skin, turning into churning fear. I knew, I just knew whatever was in that closet was furious, perhaps furious at me. The whispers grew louder, circulating around me. They were so close but fleeting and distant enough I couldn't quite make out the words. Tears pricked at the corner of my eyes as my chest felt like it was caving in, rendering it hard to breathe as the snarling whispers grew louder and louder, closer and closer, until for one splitting moment I could almost feel hot breath billow against my ear. At the abrupt feeling of that chilling sensation, adrenaline roared through my veins and I leapt from the bed to slam the closet door shut and bolted out of my room. I hid in a small corner of the hallway that led to my room, slumping against the wall as I felt tears trickle down my cheeks. With shaky hands, I covered my mouth to still my heavy breathing, long enough to see if I could hear the horrendous whispers had followed me here. To my relief, everything was still and silent, no hushed, vicious words lingering at a distance. I then dared to peer around the corner, my breathing still painful and panicked, and saw everything was right where I left it. My backpack was on my desk. My trusty raggedy was lying on the same spot on my bed like he was just moments prior. Everything seemed normal, but something still didn't feel right. An unsettling feeling was still deeply rooted in my trembling body, and I just knew there was no way I was stepping foot back into that room alone. It was during that exact moment when I heard what appeared to be the closet door creak slowly open and then slam back shut. I pulled myself to my feet and ran to my mom. My dad came home later that evening and checked the room with me. We found absolutely nothing. No whispers, no menacing presence, just my clothes and other assorted items packed away in the closet. My dad concluded that the door wasn't latching so it would never properly close and there was nothing to be afraid of. Despite his reassuring words, I told him again and again what I experienced until he finally relented and let me sleep in my parents' room for the time being. Things went pretty smoothly the next few weeks, so begrudgingly, I started sleeping back in my room again. 
Every night I would place my backpack against the closet door to make sure it wouldn't pop open and appeared to have worked for me. For a while, that is. During the early winter one night, I awoke suddenly. I heard a muffled shuffling sound that echoed across the hardwood floors of my room. I remained very still, my eyes focusing on the darkness of my room as I tried to trace the location of the strange noise that abruptly woke me from my sleep. Within minutes after my vision adjusted to the black shadows of my room, I noticed with great dread that the closet door was opening and closing slowly. With every swing, the door pushed the backpack a little further, allowing it to open just a little more, as if it knew I was watching it. The door's swinging pace suddenly quickened. It went faster and faster until the backpack slid across the room, and then the door slammed shut. My heart began to race. Pure, unadulterated terror shot through my veins. I wanted to scream for my dad, for anyone, but my voice was nowhere to be found, lodged somewhere deep in the base of my tightening throat. The closet door creaked open slowly, and the vicious whispers began to pour out of the walk-in. A cold chill ran up my spine, and the smell of rotten eggs seeped into the room again. I grabbed my raggedy and held him tight with my eyes fixated into the depths of the closet. The whispers crawled to a stop, and I could see some sort of distinguishable movement in my closet. Or were my eyes playing tricks on me? I knew in an instant they weren't, as something in the back began lumbering forward. It was somehow even blacker than the darkest shadows in the corners of the small walk-in, its movements slow and deliberate as it emerged into my room. With a last jolt of energy, I threw the blankets over my head and gripped my bunny tighter. Terrified that I'd start to hear the whispers again, I started singing the first song I could think of to drown out any other possible noise. I hummed what felt like the entire song before I worked up enough courage to see if the figure was still there. Slowly, I gingerly rolled the blanket back from over my head so Raggedy and I could see. At first glance, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary until my eyes reached the foot of my bed and I saw something move. Barely peeking over the bed frame, I could make out what appeared to be a shadow shaped like a head. It must have known I had seen it because it instantly dropped down to the floor and I heard it scurry under the bed, its nails scraping wildly against the floorboards as it moved. The flood of whispers suddenly exploded again, vicious and snarling, and to my side, the figure slowly raised. Within what felt like a split of a second, a shrouded man towered over me. I had no other choice but to stare at it head on, only to see blackness where the face should be. It stood there, rocking back and forth, like a predator ready to lunge at its prey. But I wouldn't let it get me. I couldn't. So I gripped onto Raggedy and somehow managed to get the blanket over my head again. The blanket felt like an impenetrable shield between myself and the shadow man, while my bunny bravely served as another layer of protection as I pushed my stuffed animal between my chest and the heavy sheet. I was safe. Barely safe. But I remained somehow unharmed even as the whispers grew louder and louder and the shadow man swayed back and forth next to me, my floor creaking as it shifted its weight from one leg to the other. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. I feverishly told myself over and over again in my head as I hugged my bunny as tight as I could. Raggedy's unwavering silence was like tangible reassurance to me, like he was bravely remaining in place in my arms to act as a shield from the horror that lurked outside of my blanket. I held onto him for the rest of the night, unsure of when I eventually lost consciousness to the beckoning promise of sleep. When I woke up the next morning, I peered cautiously over the hem of my sheets and slowly surveyed the room. The closet door was shut, but my backpack was lying face down across the room. I then leaned over and looked under my bed. 
nothing. There was nothing in the room with me. I grabbed my bunny and ran to my parents. Over the next few months, I mainly slept in my parents' room. On occasion, I would sleep in my room, but every time the shrouded figure would watch me. Close enough, I could feel its warm, putrid breath rake against my skin, but for whatever reason, it never moved closer. Never seemed to be able to completely lunge forward and harm me like I knew it wanted to. I knew whatever it was, was malicious. Sometimes, when it would stand over me, I had the feeling like it was trying to move closer, but couldn't seem to. Like there was an invisible barrier surrounding my bed it could never penetrate through. Eventually, I knew whatever this dark figure was that crept in from the closet couldn't hurt me as long as I had my rather unconventional predators by my side. I trusted that if I slept with my bunny every night, that thing could never break through the barrier, could never get to me no matter how close it was or how scared I felt. On those particularly bad nights, my dad's reassuring words, there is nothing to be afraid of, that he repeated after he checked under my bed and in the closet would ring through my ears as I held tightly onto Raggedy. I'd tell myself this mantra every time the shrouded man felt closer than usual, or the whispers were extra loud, until eventually I started to really believe there was nothing to be afraid of. As I grew older, I stopped seeing the dark figure altogether. It was strange, almost jarring in a way, that I had gone from seeing and hearing this malevolent thing almost every night in my room to completely forgetting it existed. Even when the shrouded, faceless man seemed to have vanished into thin air, I still slept with my brave little raggedy. I chalked it up to my subconscious, anchoring down my dependence onto my bunny, but I didn't care. I kept him by me during the night throughout high school, even taking him to college with me. I didn't fear the dark anymore, but I just couldn't give up sleeping with that bunny. I had boyfriends over the years make fun of me for it, but honestly, sometimes I would rather cuddle my bunny than them. After college, I moved back in with my parents for about a year. This gave me enough time to find a job in the city and save some money until I had a nice little safety net of cash saved and I found the perfect apartment in one of Chicago's little neighborhoods. It was close to my work and surprisingly affordable. The apartment wasn't big, but it had a beautiful bedroom with a walk-in closet. It took me about a month to officially get settled into the place, decorating the living room with furniture and adorning its walls with pictures and art. All I needed to finish was my bedroom. I was done having my bed pushed against the wall and placed it in the middle of the room. Since I was in my mid-twenties now with a grown-up job and a grown-up apartment, I decided that it was time to not sleep with the stuffed animal. But I wasn't just going to throw him away. So I decided I would put him on a shelf instead. It made me feel like he was still watching over me in some strange way. I was pretty caught up in my life and work over the next few months. It all kind of went by in a big blur. Vague moments of company deadlines and cocktail hours at the bars down the street with friends splotched together in a messy trail of warm memories. It was about mid-November and I was fast asleep in my room. I woke to a soft singing. I thought it was one of my neighbors being loud, but it sounded so close. I sat up in bed and started to listen carefully to try and pinpoint where it was coming from. It sounded so familiar. That's when the melody clicked when it entered into a locked compartment of my mind. But where? I looked over to my closet to realize the door was open. The singing was coming from the back of the walk-in. The smell of rotten eggs spread across the room and the feeling of complete terror crawled down the back of my throat, coring itself into my chest as it spread into every extremity of my body. The shrouded figure floated effortlessly forward from the back of the closet until it was mere feet away 
and there it suddenly was. The hooded, faceless man that haunted me as a child. It was rocking back and forth, fixated on me. It wanted me. No, it needed me. Where was my raggedy? I looked frantically to find him, but he was across the room sitting on the shelf, too far for me to reach him. Maybe if I just made a run for him. The noise rocked through the air and was followed by a scurrying sound. I knew without looking, the dark man was now under my bed. Panic surged through me. I didn't know what to do, but I knew I needed to get to my bunny. Should I make a run for it? What if it grabs me? My thoughts rushed through my head as I sporadically looked around every side of my bed, my vision darting madly about as I tried to make a plan of escape. I readied myself to make a run for my stuffed bunny. Slowly, I removed the blankets from my bed and stood up. Maybe I could leap for him. Three, two, one, go. I leapt from my bed. My feet barely touched the cold floor before I launched myself towards my bunny on the shelf. I knocked everything over, grabbed him, and swung around as I bared my source of protection to. Nothing. The room was empty. Quickly, I turned on the light and darted into the living room. Sitting on the couch, I took a few deep breaths, clenching raggedy tightly as questions raced across my mind. What was happening? Why was this thing back? Was it really even there? Was it a trick of the light or maybe a lack of sleep? I knew there was only one way to find out. And this time, I couldn't run to my dad with tears in my eyes begging for him to check for monsters. I couldn't avoid it. I couldn't put distance between myself and it. I knew what I had to do. What my father said and did for me all those years before. It was my turn now. After I built up enough courage... I made my way back into the room to investigate. There was nothing there, nothing in the closet, nothing under the bed. I felt extremely silly. Had I really let old childhood nightmares scare me again? I gingerly placed Raggedy back onto his new resting place on the room shelf, turned off my room's light, and slipped back into my bed. As I laid in the darkness of my room, I fought off the urge to grab him again, reminding myself that I'm an adult now and I can't hide behind the soft curves of my stuffed animals anymore no matter how much I admittedly wanted to. Slowly, I closed my eyes, and not a second later, I heard the sound of the closet door swinging open. I quickly turned around to look at it, the staticky feeling of fear once again buzzing through my body. But it must have been my mind playing tricks on me. The door to the closet was only cracked. With a sigh of relief, I turned back over and shut my eyes again. Then, the sensation of hot breath ran down my neck. The scent of rotten eggs suddenly surrounding me so overwhelmingly I nearly gagged as I choked on the smell of it. I opened my eyes into my disbelief and pure horror in front of me was the shrouded man. He was laying next to me in bed, inches apart. I tried to open up my mouth to scream, but only a strangled cry came out as I realized I couldn't move my body. Our faces were so close now, I could inhale his murky, warm breath. I could see every detail on his face. Hot tears welled at my eyes at the grotesque sight of his almost unworldly appearance, and I, I couldn't look away. I went so many years wondering what this terrible, malevolent being looked like. I couldn't help but soak in every detail of his perverse features. He had a gaunt face with a cracked, crooked nose and black, depthless holes for eyes. After what felt like hours passed of being locked in this horrifying position, unable to scream or even look away from him, he eventually smiled at me, his awful grin nearly tearing the corners of his mouth as he forcibly stretched it ear to ear as he revealed serrated teeth. He moved in close and whispered,
You just listened to The Shadow Man, written by Katina Hawksworth and Patrick Johnson, performed by Holly Masiak. Sound design by Don Chatlin. This has been Beyond the Screams production. For more information, go to beyondthescreams.com.